There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, February 18th of 2022. And what a momentous day. This is our last episode of NFL Friday for the 2021 season. And of course, this on this season finale, if you will, we have one story to talk about, and that is, of course, Super Bowl 56. The Los Angeles Rams defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to this past Sunday to become world champions. This is the Rams' second Super Bowl victory in the franchise history. Their first as the Los Angeles Rams, of course, they won a Super Bowl while excuse me, in St. Louis with Kurt Warner. They did win an NFL championship during their initial LA run back in 1951. A lot to break down when it comes to, to this game. Uh, you know, so much to get into, whether we want to talk about the game itself, the halftime show, the performances in the game. I mean, just, just some fantastic stuff to break down. Of course, myself and Mike Messina, who's here with me, just got back from LA. We were out there Super Bowl week for Radio Row. Hope you all enjoyed that content. But Mike, one last time for us here at NFL Friday. How's it going? It's going great. There's a ton of sirens in, in the background of my apartment, so sorry about that. But, yeah, Radio Row was an awesome time. I thought we we utilized our time wisely. We got a ton of great interviews and did three live shows in a row, so it was a great time out there. It was a great Super Bowl, great halftime show, and, and really not who I wanted to win. I, we, we were all on the Bengals besides Nick, but, look, it was a great game from, from start to finish. OBJ gets injured. That's a big loss for that Rams team, but they were able to battle back in – leave that game with the win. Yeah. You know, Mike, you just hit the nail on the head there. First, as far as the radio row content, we produced anyone who've watched our shows on YouTube, the three days of live shows. You followed us on Twitter. Uh, it was a really great time. We had some great guests, Nick Mangold, Sean O'Hara, Lee Steinberg, just some really wonderful guests. If you haven't had a chance to check out any of those interviews, please go ahead and check those out on YouTube. Uh, but obviously when it comes to the game itself, which, you know, to me, this NFL Friday right now is kind of a, a recap of the whole season. It's a recap of our, our Super Bowl week. It's a recap of everything. Um, you know, it was, it was a great day, a great game. I wasn't, I wouldn't say the best game. I wouldn't say it was one of the better Super Bowls. I, I definitely think it's been a while since we've had a truly great Super Bowl. I would go back to Eagles Pats as the last truly great one we had, but still a good game nonetheless. And you know what? We also have some more people to break down the game with us. And that, of course, is Andrew Gulotta, who is joining us on this edition of NFL Friday. Andrew, how's it going? Doing great. Another NFL season in the books. You guys, all your shows were great. I was able to catch some of it. So definitely great job with those interviews and that content. Always great to 
to kind of see those interviews out in uh, Radio Row. So definitely great job for you guys. And this game was, it's, it felt like it was going to go the Rams way. I mean, as much as I think everyone loved the Bengals, I think the Rams were the better team. The better team ended up winning. And it's one of those things, the Rams pushed all their chips into uh, the middle of the table and it converts for them and they, they get a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah, some good points right there, Andrew. You know what? And as we dive into this game, I've already said it, but there's a lot to get down to. I want to start off with this. Let's start off with the actual Super Bowl champions, those Los Angeles Rams. And specifically, I want to talk about this Rams defense. And we, we can dive into different aspects of the game. I have some questions that I kind of want to throw out at you guys. But I want to talk about the Rams D first because we talked about it all week leading up to the Super Bowl. One of the biggest matchups in this game was going to be that Rams pass rush versus that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, the much maligned Bengals offensive line. We asked Sean O'Hara, we asked Nick Mangold, we asked Marcus McNeil, all former offensive linemen in the NFL, you know, how would they game plan going to a game against a pass rush like the Rams with Aaron Donald, with uh, Leonard Floyd, with Von Miller. They gave some great insight, and now we finally got to see it happen. And you know what? In that first half, of course, the Rams were up 13 to 10 after halftime. I would say that the, the pass rush was held in check for the most part. I, I didn't really think that the Rams really got a whole lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. He was able to stay upright for the most part, make some plays. But in that second half, when the Rams obviously came back from a deficit, then took the lead, the defense for the Rams is really what took over, ended up sacking Joe Burrow, a Super Bowl record tying seven times. Uh, much reminded me a lot, obviously, of the Tennessee game earlier in the playoffs where Joe Burrow kept going down. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Aaron Donald, who on that final defensive stand for the Rams, of course, the Rams took the lead 23-20. We're under two minutes. The, the, the Bengals have a final chance here. First, he makes that stop on third and one, Samaji P. Ryan, you know, forcing the fourth down. And then he gets to Joe Burrow. He doesn't get the sack, but he puts pressure on Burrow. Burrow has to make an errant throw, and that seals the game. And, of course, Aaron Donald, you know, walks down the field with the ring finger, you know, pointing to his, you know, give me the ring and all that. Um, and obviously we know Cooper Cup ended up being the Super Bowl MVP. But to me, I think that might have been more of a product of when the votes had to be put in. I really think Aaron Donald needs to be given a lot of credit for the final victory in this game. And I got, I got to give a lot of credit to that Rams pass rush, which finally broke through in the second half. And to me, was probably the difference in this game. Yeah, Mike. You make a lot of good points there, but I do want to I do want to touch on real quick. Yeah, that that Rams defense really hit the nail on the head late in the game when they needed to. I forget who it was. Aaron Donald got in that little altercation on the sidelines, and that kind of from that point on, Aaron Donald went back to being Aaron Donald again. Started getting to Matt Stafford. Seemed like every single play, and it worked out great for him. Obviously, got got to him the last play of the game, which he was offsides on. Um, yeah. I don't know he was, and like 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 we were talking about in LA Mike with, with kind of the refs. Yeah. I was going to get to that. Yeah. But I don't think that even happened. And we'll get to that in a little bit. There was missed calls for both sides with the, the T Higgins play on Jalen Ramsey, which was missed for the Bengals as well. But I agree that this Rams defense was kind of the reason why the Rams were even in this game late. It looked like Joe Burrow was connecting with his guys really whenever he wanted to to start. And then they kind of stepped up after halftime. They, they, they got in there. They played dirty football like they usually do. Dirty football as, as in toughness and physicalness football. So I thought they did a great job with that. And look, Matt Stafford played a great game as well. Props to him for staying in that game. Joe, him and Joe Burrow both had a little injury that, that we thought was going to kind of come to more than it was. But it didn't, so so props to both of them, and, and I thought the Rams played an overall great game, and they deserve to win this game. Hey, you guys definitely make some great points. I mean, for me, this defense, for the Rams, there's a ton of star power there, whether it be Donald, 
You talk about a guy like Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, who didn't have the best of games, but came up when he when they needed him most, just down the stretch of the season. Leonard Floyd, another guy. I mean, you have all these name name guys, name leaders on the team. They've paid a lot of them. They've given up high draft picks for them. And when you're up by three in the Super Bowl with 90 seconds left or whatever it ends up being, those guys got to step up. And Aaron Donald did. And that's why, you know, you pay those guys in the offensive end. That's why you go out and get a guy like Matt Stafford to leave, lead a drive. I don't think Jared Goff was leaving that drive down the field if, if this was the Rams from last year. So, again, I feel like the Rams, they kind of, as I said, they pushed everything towards the table. They really kind of mortgaged their future. I don't think they have a first-round pick for, like, the next three years or something crazy like that. So when you do that, you better go out and get a ring, and they were able to do it. But that yeah. makes it worth it. Yeah. For that one oh, ring. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All in, like, it makes it worth it for that one ring, so it works. I mean, look, I think we saw already in the, the Super Bowl parade, I mean, putting the fact that no fans showed up really, I mean, the Rams are still <laughs> kind of struggling. Um, forgive me, I forget the name, but the Rams GM is already wearing a shirt making fun of the fact that he doesn't care about uh, giving up need. all the – Yeah, less need. Thank you. Uh, giving up all those picks. You know, also if we're talking about this Rams defense, a couple of things. Number one, how about a shout-out to Eric Weddle very early on yeah. in this game. Obviously, look, the guy comes out of retirement for the playoffs. You know, obviously a vet. He never was able to get that ring. He comes out of retirement, plays well ruptures or tears his pectoral muscle in the game uh plays through it puts on a harness stays in the game and of course then re-retires at the end of the game so hey nice little story there and also for mentioning i, I heard i don't remember if it was andrew mike when you guys mentioned the whole idea about uh the the, the Bengals line and oh jalen ramsey that was it someone about something about jalen ramsey was able to step up for the when it when it mattered um to me jalen ramsey didn't step up when it mattered as it came out later after the game was over um, we saw a, a picture of the fact that Jamar Chase had actually beaten Jalen Ramsey on that final fourth down play. It was wide open down the field. And it was simply a matter of the fact that Donald got to Burrow and Donald got uh, Aaron Donald, excuse me, got to Burrow. And if Joe was just given a few more seconds, maybe he would have been able to find Jamar Chase down the field, which would have been a walk in touchdown. And to me, I found that very you know representative of the Bengals whole season, very representative of one of the storylines you heard with Cincinnati all year, which was, you know, going to the draft, did they take Penny Sewell or did they take Jamar Chase? And they took Jamar Chase, and it seemed like it paid off. Jamar had an amazing year. Don't get me wrong, offensive rookie of the year, amazing job. I don't think they regret the pick at all. But the simple fact of the matter is a lot of people said they should have taken an offensive lineman to, to protect Joe Burrow. And when it came down to it in the Super Bowl final play, wide open wide receiver, but guess what? Couldn't get the ball to him because the pass rush was in Joe Burrow's face. And to me, that's kind of representative of that whole debate that's been had for much of the season when it comes to Cincinnati. But hey, look, props to the Rams defense, Jalen Ramsey getting burned at times. But you know what? If we're going to talk about Jalen Ramsey, and Mike, you already mentioned this a little bit, but I want to dive into this now. We mentioned the Rams defense. We've already mentioned a little bit of the offense. And we can talk about the Bengals in a sec, because I think the Bengals also need to be kind of evaluated here in the postmortem, if you will. But how about the poor officiating in this game? And Mike, like I said, you alluded to this already. We talked about on our our one-on-one live from Radio Row how officiating in this league has gotten out of hand and has gotten increasingly poor. We talked about potential ways to improve it. We don't really know what that is. And guess what? Unfortunately, we once again had a, a poorly officiated game. For the most part, the refs were hands-off, which is kind of like what I like to see. That being said, that hands-off officiating led to a total blown call, as you already mentioned, Mike. Jalen Ramsey, T. Higgins. T. Higgins clearly on it with a face mask there early in the second half that led to a touchdown. It should have been, you know, negated due to penalty. It wasn't. And then let's talk about that final drive where the Rams ultimately took the lead and won the game. Three successive penalties. You had two holding calls, a pass interference call, ultimately setting up that Cooper, Cooper cup touchdown. 
you know, and from my point of view, you can't call the game loose the entire way, holding, keeping penalties in your pocket. And then in the final minutes, decide you're going to start throwing flags all over the field. It once again gets to the idea that the officiating in this league is incredibly inconsistent. And as much as I was afraid this was going to happen, we talked about this, Mike, on one-on-one, it did happen. The refs ultimately had a huge impact on the final outcome of this game. And look, the Rams deserve to win the final and the, they deserve the championship. I, I get all that. But to me, the refs had too much of an impact. And once again, officiating reared its ugly head. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think the officiating did play a part in it, but, but look, they, they missed that call on Tyler Boyd. Clear and obvious face mask. There's no one disagreeing with that. And then they missed the Aaron Donald offsides as well on the last play of the game. And they also missed, um, I forget, I think it was the last drive of the game as well, the entire offensive line besides the center was, was a false All start. start. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. that wasn't called either. And then I forget that there was a pass interference call that, that I thought was clean as well. But ultimately, I thought the refs, were hands off, like you said, which I like as well. And then those four calls kind of blew it for me, but I don't think they ultimately were the reasons why the, the Bengals lost this game. There was so much more the Bengals could have done um, to win this game. You mentioned Jamar Chase being wide open on the last play. Yeah, but we can say that for every single play. If he had a couple more seconds, he could have hit him down the sideline. Like, I don't know. He, Aaron Donald got to him so quickly, and there was just nothing he could do. P. Ryan actually, I, I think, should have maybe laid out for that ball and gave it a – Yes. a little better effort, in my opinion. It, last play of the Super Bowl, no, well, it didn't have to be the last play of the Super Bowl, but 13 seconds left time trying to win your team a championship. I think he's got to put a little more effort into that and lay out. But we're talking about Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he didn't get didn't get beat on, on the face mask, obviously. But the first catch Jamar Chase had, I think it went for like 50 yeah, or something like that, yeah, got yeah. smoked. Played some good defense, though, against um, Tyler Boyd late in the game. With, with, with the if he caught that ball it would have been a touchdown for Tyler Boyd got his arm in there but he just didn't play up to no. the superstar caliber cornerback that everyone says Jalen Ramsey is and, and he was playing good up until that point and I mean look I guess a lot of teams have gotten beat by this Bengals uh, receiving group obviously extremely talented between Chase Boyd Higgins so I mean maybe you put something there but still I mean, Jalen Ramsey, you know, it ends up not being a problem and they end up winning the game anyways. But the officiating, just to kind of go off you, I have a few points, but the officiating, again, it was definitely not good. As a Saints fan, you know, I'll I'll never miss a point of talking about bad officiating. So officiating wasn't good. To me, it just happened that kind of the bad calls were evenly dispersed on both sides. And I think it was like two and two. And yeah, I mean, you don't want to see bad officiating and that type of stuff, but at least it was kind of evened out. But I mean, look, I, we could talk about the refs all day long and the lack of consistency throughout this season. They weren't very good last season. They weren't very good. But I think overall, the Bengals talk about how, why Samaje Pirine's even in that game is my thing. Why isn't Joe Mixon out there who had a pretty solid game, ends up 15 carries, 72 yards, and he's also able to, to bring in five catches. So a guy that, you know, obviously is one of your, your, your top weapons, your top running back. Why isn't he in the game on a second and one? And then a third and one, I mean, who knows if they pick up that play, if Mixon ends up kind of laying out and making a play compared to Pirine. But in the last drive of the Super Bowl, you have your backup running back in there. It didn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I mean, forget even the pass play. How about the fact on uh, third and one, you're running – or third and whatever it was, the third and short, you're running with Samaji Pirine. I mean, Joe Mixon, like yeah. you said, Andrew, was having a good game on the ground as one of the – I mean, the Bengals' offense overall was fine. It definitely, you know, stalled in the second half. But one thing they were still able to do pretty consistently was get decent, you know, uh, chunk chunk runs there. And I think Joe Mixon, he's, he's a solid – you know, he can run in, inside. He can pick up a few yards. He can get you at least a couple for a first down. 
I don't know, some some head scratching decisions there. I think another thing we had talked about leading up to the Super Bowl was this idea that, you know, Zach Taylor, is is he going to be kind of, is the moment going to be too big for him? Um, we mentioned the same thing with Sean McVay, even though he had the Super Bowl experience, two very young head coaches, maybe right there with that Samaje P. Ryan, Joe Mixon decision, a little bit of Zach Taylor's inexperience, uh, you know, if you will. But, you know, in talking about Zach Taylor, another thing that I kind of want to mention is, you know, is the Bengals. And ultimately, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Rams so far. We mentioned the Rams defense has been great. And we, we'll get to Matthew Stafford and a bit of the Rams offense in a second. And, you know, but I want to get to this, this Bengals team and I want to talk about them because obviously a lot of the focus right now is on, is on the positive. It's on the fact that the Rams are Super Bowl champions. We well, you know what this Bengals team was up in the fourth quarter. They were winning. They had a 20 to 13 lead in the third quarter. Um, and obviously, look, they ended up blowing it on the final play. They had a, they had uh, in the final few minutes, excuse me, they had a, they had a chance there on the final drive. They ultimately couldn't capitalize and get the ball where they needed to. Um, you know, it's just my question is, as you look at this game, I think the, the Bengals offense certainly stalled in the second half. I think overall the Bengals defense played a decent game. They picked off Matthew Stafford a couple of times. Um, I think in the, the start of the second half, the, the Bengals had all the momentum between the the Tegan touchdown and the interception of Stafford on the very next play. Um, and then it just seemed, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was that fight that Mike mentioned. All of a sudden, the, the momentum shifted. The, the Rams took over. And before you knew it, boom, Los Angeles uh, took back the lead and they were Super Bowl champs. So as we look at this, this, this Bengals team, it's a young team, you know, who are we? And I know it's tough to blame one person and we can blame a few units if we need to, who do we really fault for the loss here? And uh, where do you see this team ending up in the next few years? Is this a team given the competitive AFC? Do you honestly see them getting back to the Super Bowl anytime soon? Well, I don't think you can put this loss on one specific player on this team obviously losses always go back to quarterbacks and head coaches I think but I'm putting this on the offensive line man they got seven sacks and they played they played well I think they had one sack in the first half it was something something very low like that but then in the second half to go and the total number is seven that is a abysmal performance by by this Bengals offensive line is in we mentioned that that Jamar Chase getting open on the last play if he has more time, sure, he could probably hit them down stride and the Bengals score a touchdown right there, right, right there, and they're Super Bowl champions. But for this offensive line to just put up a performance like that in the second half, it's awful. And we know that there's going to be changes. We know that they need to draft some people. They need to make trades for people. But there's also other positions on this team that need some fixing. And, and Andrew, I know you're going to have something to say about this too. Eli Apple getting burned <laughs> pretty much every time the ball, the ball is getting thrown his way. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys both see the stuff on social media coming at him. And he tweeted today <laughs> that it motivates him and it, it's going to make him better, man. I hope so because he, if the Bengals want to, to be a successful team and success, have a successful defense with Eli Apple on the team, he's got to step up his game in because he, it seems like he is just getting kind of toyed with out there on the field. A burnt toast out. He was, that was, that was really bad. That was one of the worst like perform. And honestly, I also kind of goes back to coaching and that stuff. Like, why are you putting him one-on-one with Cooper cup? Like, and that's the areas where like Eli Apple, I mean, Mike, you know, from his, his time in New York, I know from his time in new Orleans, you can't leave that guy one-on-one with the receiver, nonetheless, a receiver like Cooper cup. So maybe, you know, that goes back to scheming a little bit, but I don't think Eli Apple's on this team next year. I don't think there's any way he's on this team. And it goes back to the offensive line. That's why to me, I really felt like this Bengals team was one or two years early and who knows what ends up happening in, in, in the year's future, just because the AFC is so stacked. But it honestly, it felt like this was the team of destiny, but not the best team. 
Like this team was definitely the offensive line had flaws. The secondary had flaws and they ended up playing better towards the end of the season. And Eli Apple didn't play as bad towards the end of the season, but it, it all kind of came apart in that, that last few drive or that last drive. And also in the beginning of the game as well, it seems like when OBJ was in the game, they had no answers. So they almost got lucky that OBJ ended up getting injured in the game. So Again, it, it, it's one of those things for the Bengals. There are obviously areas they need to fill. They'll probably do it draft free agency, but it's tough to get back to a Super Bowl. It'll be or even get close to a Super Bowl. Look at the Bills, who looked like this team that was hitting on all cylinders, looked like this could have been their year up on the Chiefs, and just in 13 seconds, it's gone. And that's kind of the NFL playoffs. It's tough to win in the playoffs, and you obviously have to, you know, really take advantage of your chances there. So. I think this team, they probably, you know, obviously are going to try to fix the offensive line, try to get better, but it's tough to get back to the big game. And Mike, yeah. I, I didn't get to touch on your second question there, so I'm going to do that now. I do think the Bengals will be able to come back to a Yeah, they're so the young. Next, yeah, mm-hmm. within the next two, three, four years, I, I absolutely see this Bengals team being back at, in the spotlight, being back in the Super Bowl, and hopefully winning one because what this, what what these young players bring to the game is so special to watch. And I can only imagine and hope that they're all going to be teamed up on the Bengals here, including Burrow for a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, look, I, first off, as far as who do we blame for the loss? I think you guys both bring up some great points. I mean, Mike, you mentioned it. I mentioned it off the top seven sacks, unacceptable for an offensive line. I get they were okay in the first half, pretty bad in the second half. That's when that Rams defense took, took over, you know, look, you, your quarterback is only as good as, you know, he can only get the ball to the receivers if you give him time. And, and I get it's the NFL. Those guys on the other side are paid their, it's their job. They're paid lots of money to get to the quarterback. You got to give them credit, but at the same time, look, the offensive line deserves a bit of blame. And then obviously, you know, Eli Apple, not only was he torched on the field, but he's been, you know, he's been burned off of it, you know, with everything <laughs> going on social media and all that. So I think he's gotten more than a fair share of blame. I mean, look, the simple fact of the matter is, you know, Robert Woods didn't play in this game, torn ACL. It was OBJ and Cooper Cup. Those are the guys you need to stop. You got luck. Well, you know, obviously we feel bad for Odell. We don't want injuries. But from a Bengals point of view, just in terms of scheming, you got lucky with OBJ going out. They were double teaming Cooper Cup. And so for them, and I get, you know, McVay is an offensive genius, scheming people open, Stafford with no look passes. I get all that. But Cooper Cup was burning you play after play on that final drive. And I get he's we can talk about right now, honestly, if we think he's the most talented receiver in the NFL, given what just happened here in the playoffs, but you know, it's just to let him, you know, I don't, I, I gave so much praise to this Bengals defense after that chiefs performance, but then to have the one guy you need to stop and you're double teaming when you kill, you still can't, you know, take care of him. I get it's the NFL, but I don't know. I got to, I got to give some blame to that Bengals secondary and maybe some of the coaching staff there. Cause to me, there was one guy I had to take away and they just couldn't do it. It was very obvious. I mean, you had Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth saying that, you know, this is where Cooper Cup's going to have to take over and, you know, Stafford's going to try to get him the ball. Well, guess what? They did and they scored and they won the game. So, I mean, everyone in the stadium, everyone at home knew what was going to happen. And I don't know. I think that the Bengals secondary, whether you want to specifically pinpoint Eli Apple or you want to talk about the defensive coaching staff, I think they deserve some blame. And as far as the Bengals coming back, look, this is a young team. I think they can improve the offensive line. There's no reason why they shouldn't be back. That being said, one of the things we talked about all week in Los Angeles on Radio Row was the fact that this AFC is completely stacked. Whether you want to talk about the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills. I mean, to me, it's the Chiefs and the Bills. Very, very, you know, head and shoulders about the rest. But I mean, you got to, when you think about these quarterbacks, I mean, you got to give credit to all these teams with the great quarterbacks. So that means the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. That means the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Um, you know, I already mentioned Mahomes, Allen, Burroughs, obviously very talented. You know, I don't, I don't really know, you know, what, what do we, what, what do we got going on here for the rest of this division going forward? 
um, and I, uh, excuse me, this conference going forward. I don't, it's, it's so hard. I think back, for example, how about that, that Packers team, the 2010 season, Aaron Rodgers getting to the Super Bowl. That was a very talented team. I get they had a lot of veterans. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a very young team like this was too. But I think a lot of people thought, hey, this is a team that will be back soon. And Aaron Rodgers has yet to return to the Super Bowl, no matter how many times that roster has been turned over. So I think, look, we can look at this Bengals team right now and say, hey, we think they can get back there. And maybe they can. But I just the Super Bowl is such a hard thing to get to, given the fact that these playoff games are single elimination. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think they can get back. I'm not really sure. But, you know, another thing that I want to touch on real quick, and I just mentioned, and that's Cooper Cup. He's your Super Bowl MVP, you know, eight receptions, 92 yards, two touchdowns. He had a big end around play on the ground for a first down there on that final drive. Uh, look, an amazing season overall, triple crown and receiving offensive player of the year. Another thing we talked about at Radio Row, Mike, was this idea is Cooper Cup the best receiver in the league. And, you know, I, I pushed back on that a little bit, but the guy just won Super Bowl MVP is a Super Bowl champion now. He becomes the first player since Jerry Rice to be the triple crown offensive player and the Super Bowl MVP. Is it safe to say right now that Cooper Cup is the best receiver in the NFL? Look, I, I said it on I said it on the show during Radio Row. I, I, I thought he was the best receiver. I, I, I personally didn't see how he couldn't have been after doing what he did in the receiving field and just that what he brings to that team. And then his playoff run was spectacular. And obviously great game in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, which honestly could have went to a couple people, but um, ultimately went to him. So it counts. So Super Bowl MVP, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it just has to be him because no one had a better season than him as a wide receiver. No one played better than him. No one meant more to their team as a wide receiver than Cooper Cup did. So I, I don't see how he can't be the best receiver in the league. I don't see, unless you shoot some names out to me, if you guys do, who's a better receiver than Cooper Cup in the NFL right now? I mean, he just had the best season since Jerry Rice. So, I mean, he definitely had the biggest output. I mean, so you probably put him up with the best because, I mean, he just what he did this season is undeniable. Would I call him the most talented receiver? Probably not, uh, just because of, I mean, you, you could put up some other guys and maybe – uh, either if it's like a Justin Jefferson or Devonte Adams, you're talking about also this what Cooper Cup did with either Robert Woods, and then after right after Robert Woods got hurt, it was OBJ by his side. So it's not like he had a bad number two receiver. You also had just a stacked uh, whole offense, and Sean McVay, who obviously knows how to run those offenses. So I think that had something to do with it too. But still, he had one of the best seasons. So he's definitely you know you can't say he's not the best. He just had like a Jerry Rice type season. I don't know, most talented. I don't know what to see. It's like for me, I want to see him do something. Uh, he's not going to do this, but if he did something similar, you know, one of the best uh, statistical seasons next year, then you probably put him in like, okay, he's really for real. But this was kind of his, he had big seasons before. This was obviously his big breakout season. Yeah. I mean, look, to wh- where I got hung up with the week of the Super Bowl was, you know, I look at the stats and I get he had all the output. But when I'm talking about best receiver in the NFL, it's hard. It was, it was hard not for me to gravitate to a guy like Devontae Adams or a guy like Justin Jefferson or, you know, when healthy at DeAndre Hopkins, because these guys are just freak athletes. So it's hard not to, or Stefan Diggs, it's hard not to like go to them and say, these guys are the best because not only do they have the output, but they make the insane catches and all that. Well, you know, and this is just me. I mean, you know, I, I'm just speaking for myself and, you know, maybe it's my fault for not being as open-minded about it. You know, look, Cooper Cup had a great regular season and then he did, he had a great playoffs and a great Super Bowl. And now he's well, the only receiver that can be compared to him right now is Jerry Rice. And to me, what it kind of reminds you of is that, look, Jerry Rice was never the most athletic receiver in his era. I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't, you know, didn't, he can't he didn't make like insane catches. He wasn't like this insane athlete, but guess what? He had an incredible work ethic. He was incredibly talented. It wasn't about pure athleticism. It was about the desire to win and to play well and to 
meet the moment. And that's what Jerry Rice always did. And that's why he's, you know, considered the greatest offensive player of all time, maybe the greatest, you know, player of all time. And, you know, to me, now that Jerry is being, now that Cooper has this Jerry connection, if you will, it kind of reminds me of, look, to be the best receiver in the NFL, it doesn't really mean just, you know, per pure athletic talent. It's about, are you producing when it matters? And the simple fact of the matter is Cooper cup has far, far and away produced more than any other receiver in the NFL, whether it was the regular season, the playoffs, now the Super Bowl. So, you know, I, I was debating a little bit myself, but you know, for me, it's hard not to think Cooper cup at this moment is the best receiver in the NFL. And you know what? I will say, though, I, like I said before, I do think given their impact on the game, maybe Aaron Donald should have been Super Bowl MVP. That's besides the point. But you know what? We cannot mention Cooper Cup. And this is kind of one of the last big questions I have. And then we can get into some other topics that you guys maybe are interested in before we kind of wrap up this Super Bowl recap. And we mentioned this on Radio Row. And I think now we can kind of dive into it more. I don't think it's a final topic and final comment, if you will. But the legacy of Matthew Stafford. And, you know, we had mentioned, uh, you know, Jack Roach, our colleague, said that he thought even without a Super Bowl that Matthew Stafford was heading to the Hall of Fame. And I think a lot of us pushed back on that. I personally didn't think that was that was accurate at all. I said, look, let's see the guy win a Super Bowl, make a couple playoff runs. Let's see what happens. You know, I, I was very much pushing back on that. Well, guess what? He's won the Super Bowl now. He did not get a Super Bowl MVP. And look, to me, this is this is where you look at Matt Stafford's resume. You look at the accomplishments, they're really not there. He's a Super Bowl champion. He was comeback player of the year in 2011, which is a decent award, but, it, you know, it's not like MVP or anything. He's only played in one Pro Bowl. He's never been all pro, whatever. He obviously did not win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, look, he's he's very accomplished in terms of often being one of those players that's like the first to reach blank number of yards in X games or whatever. He's with the speed and all that. I don't really consider those huge accolades. To me, that's more a, a byproduct of the way the game is played nowadays, but I digress. And look, another knock against Matt Stafford has always been the head-scratching throws, the, the poor decision-making. And that was on display in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, he got picked off in the end zone by Jesse Bates III there at the end of the first half, rolling out, just kind of chucking it up. Not really a good decision. Um, so as we look at Matthew Stafford now, and again, I just want to touch on this because this is a debate we did have at Radio Row. You know, is this a guy, and I, I still, and I'll just say it right now, I still don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I still look at his resume. I, I still don't think I could put him in the Hall of Fame, especially when you have a guy like Jim Plunkett, for example, who's a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Oakland Raiders, a very solid NFL quarterback. He's not in the Hall of Fame, and I get it's a different era. But right now, given the fact that the guy's only played in one Pro Bowl, he just won the Super Bowl, but he wasn't the MVP of the game. He doesn't have that Eli effect where he has two Super Bowl MVPs. Um, you know, I get Stafford has a lot of passing yards, accomplishments, and all that. Personally, right now, as I'm sitting here, despite the Super Bowl ch- uh, championship, I still don't feel Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. Mike, I don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah, I do. I just want to bring something up real quick. I saw on Twitter that I screenshotted the other day for the show. Jalen Ramsey allowed 160 receiving yards in the Super Bowl, which is the most he has ever allowed in a single game in his career. So, so like you were saying, he just did not do the job that he was supposed to do and that he's expected to do. But back to the Matt Stafford conversation. Yeah, Mike, I, I think I'm kind of on your side with this one. Look, one, uh, one-time Super Bowl champion, which obviously huge for him, helps his resume severely. But I think he'll end up getting in. I think he'll either make another Pro Bowl or beat another record or, or just keep playing up to the capacity that he did this year. And he'll eventually get in. And, and I think from a voter standpoint, he might already be in, but I don't think he should be in. Like you said, he doesn't have two Super Bowl MVPs like Eli, but he could have been Super Bowl MVP in this one. It was very possible for him, Donald, or Cooper Cup to be the MVP. So sucks on his end of things, but look, he's been stuck on the Lions. Obviously, he had Calvin Johnson, but he had no supporting cast. So 
there was really no way for him to make a pro bowl. He couldn't get the ball to anyone because he didn't have anyone to throw to. But again, getting someone into the hall of fame, you have to take everything into account and look, it just didn't work out for him in Detroit, but I think eventually he'll be able to get in. He'll be able to do something else to, to make his resume that much stronger than it is now. And I do eventually think he get in, but as we're sitting here right now, a week after the Super Bowl, I don't think he's a surefire Hall of Famer as it is. Yeah, Mike, I, I completely agree with you. I, I think he may do enough because he's also going to probably play for the Rams and the Rams will probably be good for a few more years and he'll probably have some more statistical season. He was stuck on the Lions for, you know, just probably too long of a time for him. Uh, they did nothing really with him. And, you know, you, you look at his just like overall accolades, his stats are pretty similar to Matt Ryan. And maybe you want to trade an MVP for a Super Bowl, kind of. I know it's like you don't want to do that. And obviously, you'd rather have the Super Bowl. But overall accolades, you know, you kind of think that they're pretty similar. And I don't think a lot of people would call Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer right now. So, again, I feel like Stafford will probably have to do something else, I think, to get in. It's also like I don't think he was like this clutch. He did obviously orchestrate the final drive, but he did throw two picks. And it wasn't like he was running up and down the field in this game. It wasn't, you know, you put some other QBs in there, they'd probably win that game too. I don't think if, you know, you talk about, we talked about Jared Goff earlier. I said he won't win it, but other QBs I think would have, but it's just tough. I mean, I think Eli would definitely get in over him. You just talk about some, maybe other guys, obviously big Ben would probably get over him. It's, I think he just needs to do more and who knows if he wins another Super Bowl, that would obviously help big time, more statistical. It's locked. Yeah, which he may do because the Rams probably aren't going anywhere just because it seems like Sean McVay's coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Donald, you know, like the retirement kind of noises around him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. Jalen Ramsey will be back. So this team will probably be good next year again. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has another huge season. But right now, as it stands, if he retired tomorrow, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, great points by both of you guys. I mean, my whole thing with Matt Stafford is this, you know, the one Pro Bowl, and I get Pro Bowls on everything, but you would like to even see maybe an all-pro. That's not even on there. Yeah, Second yeah. or first team doesn't have that. And you look at quarterbacks who are in the Hall of Fame or going to get in the Hall of Fame soon. Um, these are guys with multiple Pro Bowl appearances, at least like four or five, you know, multiple all-pros, more accolades than Stafford. My question is the guy's only going to play – I mean, he's a 13-year vet. What has he got? Four more years left? I don't know, maybe five. He's really He'll probably play until he's 40. Maybe, you know, I don't really know I what know. he's got left. So the question is, in the, let's just say, five years, we'll just, like, even it out, that he has left, is he going to have enough more accolades? I think another Super Bowl would be huge. But is he going to get to a couple Pro Bowls? Is he going to, you know, my thing is this. You know, I do think it helps quarterbacks when they have a lot of talent around them. I mean, uh, a lot of great quarterbacks have always had a great receiver. But then you look at a guy like Tom Brady, who I get had Randy Moss. Don't get me wrong. But Brady won all six of his Patriots Super Bowls without Moss. And I get he had Gronk and all that, but oftentimes – Great quarterbacks can make receivers around them great. I mean, think about some of the receivers that Brady used to throw to. And I get Brady's the GOAT. I know that's an extreme comparison. Yes. You know, <laughs> Gotta give a, a you know, more fair comparison. I, I'm more, but this is the first one to jump to my head. And it, yeah. I'll, I'll welcome other ones as well. Um, I mean, even think about Eli. I mean, who who I guess he had Odell, you know, but he didn't win a Super Bowl with Odell. I mean, think about the guys he's thrown to in the Super Bowls. Mario Manningham, David Tyree. Um, I mean, I get those guys made great catches. Plaxico Burris. Burris. Like, these are these are good players, but these aren't elite receivers. I mean, Megatron is an elite receiver, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I like Stafford a lot. I think he's a good guy. I think he's done a lot for the game. Um, you know, he didn't help that woman that fell off the stage. That wasn't kind of a good that, move. That that video was all time. She she fractured her spine. I yeah, she's she seriously injured. Yeah, that woman is seriously injured. But he had that look on his face and he was just like, no, I'm not doing this and just turned right around. Yeah. So 
I don't know, but I, I just kind of joking there. But look, Stafford, I think I, I think we all agree. If he gets to another Super Bowl, wins another Super Bowl, and this Rams team is stacked, and if they can stay this way, there's I, I think he that would really help his case. But you know, when you compare him to other quarterbacks, they're going to be going in soon. Roethlisberger, Rivers, Breeze, Brady, uh, Eli, uh, Peyton. You know, I you think Rivers really, would get in over him. Uh, oh, Rivers, I mean, I think Rivers I, has played with Antonio Gates. Whether yeah, he, he I, play I, I get that. I, I think if you compare the stats and the accomplishments, I think despite look the Super Bowl is the big thing that Rivers is missing. Don't get me wrong; he didn't have any playoff success. But Rivers is one of the most accomplished regular season quarterbacks in recent history. You compare their their statistics and their their accomplishments side by side. I do think Rivers is the more accomplished quarterback individually. Obviously, team success. Matthew Stafford just won a Super Bowl. Um, but hey, time will tell what the legacy of Matthew Stafford is. Um, but look, this is a Super Bowl recap show, and I think we hit on some of the big points here already from the game. Uh, but, you know, before we wrap up, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts, topics you want to get into. But, you know, Mike, let's start with you. Any kind of final thing uh, for the Super Bowl that you found interesting? Halftime show was great, I thought. I see a lot of complaining on Twitter about it wasn't good. I thought it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much to say other than that, but I thought the show was great. It, it was just – I felt like it was different, and it kind of, like, brought a lot of people together. Um, and I just thought it was good. All good. It was very LA. Like that was definitely a good halftime show for LA. So, and that, and that, and that's what I think the halftime show is supposed to be. It's supposed to have either a band or artist that's kind of connected to that area. So I thought, yeah, it was definitely, definitely good for that. Yeah. I mean, going off the top of my head, trying to think about the recent halftime shows. I mean, we had Lady Gaga a few years ago, the weekend last year, was it like Coldplay a few years ago too. Um, Bruno Mars. And, yeah. And so I, I would say for me personally, I thought it was a great halftime show. Um, I thought I liked the mixture of voices you had in there. I mean, obviously very LA, but I thought it was good eclectic mix of songs and personalities. I thought it was just like a great, I mean, you had, you said Evan McPherson out there, you know, <laughs> bopping to the music. If, if he had missed a big kick in the second half, I think he would have gotten some flack for coming out there, but he was automatic anyway. And obviously the Bengals lost didn't matter, but um yeah, I thought the halftime show was great, Mike. Uh, good point. Andrew, any final Super Bowl thoughts for you? Uh, nothing much for me. I'm just – for the Rams to, to with a minute, minute 30 to stop the Bengals, it brought back to the – the, they didn't stop the 49ers in week 18 to keep my Saints out of the playoffs in a very, very similar situation. So it just brought back some some bad memories watching, watching these Rams play. But congrats to the Rams. I'm happy that a team that went all in ended up winning the championship. I think it's I, – I, like, I wish the Saints went all in and really just put put all the chips to the table. I wish I bet other teams wish that a team maybe that doesn't have a good quarterback if they go out and get a good quarterback and you know the Rams did that with Stafford. So like I think for NFL outlook and for teams maybe this will make more teams try to go all in and try to win a Super Bowl and I think that's good for the league. Yeah, I mean look, look at the last two Super Bowl champions. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. and the Los Angeles Rams. Two teams I would equate to NBA super teams. They had a lot of talent, very big playmakers on the offensive side, solid defenses. They just go out and get a big-time quarterback, and boom, Super Bowl champions. Two years in a row now, of course, also two years in a row. Never in the history of the Super Bowl did we have a team play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium, let alone (laughs) win it. Two years in a row now we've had teams win in their home stadiums. That's a little bit of an interesting fact for you. And then, of course, also we should mention, we mentioned the inexperience of coaching. Maybe that was going to matter. Well, Sean McVay, age 36, the youngest Super Bowl-winning head coach in NFL history, of course, there's been some rumors about potential retirement, but those seem to have been shot down. It seems like he'll be back next year. And I think his the Rams, fiance, his fiance posted on Instagram yeah, saying he's exactly. not retired. Yeah, so that's that, that. Yeah, exactly, Mike. So that to me is kind of the sign that he's not going to retire. And I, I like the Bengals. I think the problem with the Bengals is the AFC is stacked. But 
you know, I think with the Rams, they're lucky in that the NFC is a little more wide open. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC, even more so. Um, but, hey, we got our final Super Bowl comments in. But you know what? This is the last edition of NFL Friday for the year. So taking in what was this 2021 season, Mike, we'll start with you. Any final comments on this, this NFL season for you want to make it New York specific or the league as a whole? Let's hear it. Well, we, me and you, Mike, have talked a ton about the Giants and the Jets week after week on this show. So let's save that for for another episode. But yeah, I, I love football. Football just brings everyone together. It, it's the only sport that has its own day to just come together, sit down and do nothing besides watch football all day long. And it's great. I love it. I think we have to rate 308 days for it. I think I saw it was a number. I read something, but Look, a great season, great being on the program with you guys all year round. And hopefully, I don't think – I think we'll have some off-season episodes. So, hopefully, yeah, we we'll be back, hopefully we'll be back talk, talking some off-season football before we get out of here, Mike. Yep. We'll definitely also be talking about New York teams. Very interesting draft coming up, you know, for, oh, for yeah. both New York teams. Both New York teams, it's kind of like, I guess, their, their time to shine is usually draft time when they get a lot of uh, time over the airwaves nationally, obviously locally as well. But – I will say the thing just kind of, you know, very macro speaking first, first year of the 17 game season, the second year of the seven, uh, 17 playoff. I thought it worked pretty well. Uh, I mean, I I thought injuries weren't, I thought injuries were going to be a big issue. They weren't really as big of an issue as I thought. And this 17 playoff, a lot of people thought it would be like great for the number one seeds because they'd be the only team getting the buy. And I'm pretty sure. I think the chiefs last year, uh, were a one seed that ended up getting in to the Super Bowl. But besides them, no other one seed got in. And we had a six seed last year with Tampa Bay get in a wild card team. And then um, you had a four seed, two four seats playing the Super Bowl this year. So who would have thought that that would help with parity? But it seems like it has. So that's obviously great. It's always great to see small. It's not always the one seeds every single time you get the four seeds. Wild card teams make runs. This definitely makes for a more exciting playoff. Yeah, some great final notes to end on. I will just say, Mike said a little bit, but the National Football League is unmatched. And, you know, yeah, watching yeah. NFL, Sun, uh, you know, on NFL Sunday, watching football, whether it's your favorite team or the matchup of the week or we get to the playoffs, it's always an amazing time. It's sad to see football go, but I think we had another tremendous season. I think this I think the 17 game season was a success. And look, I'll be sad that football is gone for whatever little bit. Hopefully we get baseball back coming soon. We can focus <laughs> yeah. on that. But, hey, it was another tremendous year for the NFL, in my opinion. And you know what? Props to them. Well done. That is going to do it for this edition and this season of NFL Friday. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUVsports.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. It has been my honor to host this program for much of the 2021 NFL season. It has been great talking about my favorite sport my favorite league. So thank you all for tuning in over these past few months. We will be back. Mike mentioned it a little bit closer to the NFL draft. I'm sure we'll be talking, you know, Jets and Giants drafts, some NFL free agency stuff. We all have a vested interest in. So we will see you then. But until that time for Mike Messina and Andrew Gulotta, I'm Michael Legan. Here's to an even better NFL season in 2022. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>